0: Welcome to the In Pursuit of Luxury podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with Margaret MacLeod, the Sales Director at Harris Tweed Hebrides. Margaret has over 20 years experience working in textile manufacturing, retail, rural economic development, and community sustainability. As a proud Hebridean and native Gaelic speaker, she has spent her life surrounded by the Harris Tweed industry which forms the backbone of the fragile island economy in the Outer Hebrides of Scotland. She is now part of the team at Harris Tweed Hebrides, leading the next exciting stage in the life cycle of Scotland's most famous hand-woven woollen textile. Margaret, hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us.
1: Not at all. Thanks, Sean, for inviting me along. It's really exciting to be with you today.
0: So. We're talking we are talking about luxury partly, but I, I want I really wanted to start by asking you about you. You know, just tell us a little bit about um, what what it is you do for work and how you got how you got to do what you're doing.
1: Sure. I'm the sales director for Harris Tweed Hebrides. so that's quite a varied role. Um, like any small business. It's about um, a kind of core job around, looking for for new opportunities and working with our existing customers for the fabric and also looking at other things around the business so staff training and sustainability and and lots of things around our mill and the industry as a whole um i tend to get involved with in some way um, i'm from the island of lewis and harris i was born here Um, and grew up here as as a child. I left when I finished my my secondary schooling and left to go to university and and start my own career in in textiles and retail. Um, I came back about 15 years ago now, and um, more recently I've been lucky enough to be part of the team at Harris Tweed Hebrides and and part of the the Harris Tweed industry, which is really exciting for me.
0: Great. I mean, that's it's interesting that you say that you you were born there, raised there and then went away and have come back. I mean that is that quite a a usual thing?
1: Yes, um it's a relatively small population here and our young folk um lots of them tend to head away whether they're going to university or lots of people go to the merchant navy's been very traditional here or the offshore oil industry another big employer but lots of our young people head off the island and and want to explore new adventures some come back uh, and some don't but this coming back has been a big thing more recently we have struggled as an island with not enough of our young people either staying or coming back at at a certain time so that leads to you know local schools closing and, and communities aging communities so yeah
0: I mean, the thing that interests me from our previous discussions is firstly community, this community based um, idea of working together on an island, but more so this idea of lineage and families being involved in the process of, you know, producing and manufacturing Harris Tweed.
1: For sure. Yep.
0: I was just wondering about your own family. I mean, that re- is really interesting when you think about, well, specifically, you think about luxury and you think about heritage and passing things down and this exchange of knowledge. I mean, I know that is embedded in your family, um, for your family circle.
1: For sure, and like many many families around me on the island, um, we have generations going back who have worked in the Harris Tweed industry. Um, mainly working in weaving and also in in mill work as well. My family primarily on the weaving side. So at the moment I have a a brother who weaves. Um, My father had been a weaver in his latter years, um, but he had learned to weave from his father when he was much younger. So my my grandfather had been a weaver. Also, when I was growing up, uncles, my um, mother's brothers were weavers. And my father's brother actually still is a weaver. So yeah, we still have um, more recent generations involved in weaving in our family and in millwork, and also looking back, many, many generations involved in in the Harris Tweed industry.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm intrigued. I just find that whole, that I suppose it's a life cycle. I just find that's an an amazing thing. Because when, you know, you think about luxury, and I do a lot of research and writing about luxury, you know, we always think about how important skills are and knowledge of materials and how you use those materials. And that just seems, it, it it seems to me to be such a natural progression where you're passing that information down from generation to generation to produce this amazing, amazing cloth. And then I got to thinking about, you know, the changes, mm-hmm. because you've got that Generation that span of generation, your father, your brother, um, kids, and I was just wondering how your industry's then changed.
1: For sure, and and each generation, we can see if you look through the timeline for for Harris Tweed, which goes way back to, to you know, seventeen seventy nine. This one date that's mentioned, you know, our, our industry goes way way back. The more recent past, we we nearly lost um, that transition between generations, because we effectively lost a couple of generations from the whole industry. In the late 1990s and early uh, early 2000s, the industry had gone through a really severe decline and a lot of mill workers had lost their job. And those skills in the mill are so important because Harris Tweed must always be manufactured from fibre to fabric on the islands of the Outer Hebrides. So we have the mill team who are absolutely critical to the process. And then we have the self-employed home weavers. And again, their profile and their age demographic, there had been so few new entrants that the industry as as recent as 2009, 2010, was in, in a real crisis around its continuation. So we've, at Harris Tweed Hebrides, we've worked so hard in rebuilding these skills into the mill team, attracting young people, attracting young people, and I'm using the term young people to mean anything from your school leaver right through to people who are 30, 40, 50 years of age, either coming back into the industry or learning a new skill in the industry. And we're really focused on on making sure we don't get to that same position again as an industry. How many
0: teenagers or young adults are engaged in the industry?
1: Well, in um, 2014, we were awarded investors in young people and we had about a fifth of our um, team at Harris Tweed Hebrides, a team of about 70 at that point, were um, under 28 years of age. So between school leavers and 28. And um, that team, other than one or two who have gone on to do other things are still with us and a number of them now in junior management. So um, we, continue to to have a number of, of young people in our, our industry but we've found that to be really important you know bringing in their fresh ideas that whole process of transferring skills and learning to the next generation and a, a similar thing has happened in weaving as the industry have worked hard to attract people to weaving and maintain year-round employment for self-employed home weavers they they have to be self-employed as part of the rules around the Harris Tweed Act that governs our industry and and we follow the rules of that act. So those home weavers have to work from their own homes and have to be self-employed. So what's really important is maintaining steady employment, year-round employment for mill workers and home weavers.
0: Because I was also thinking about, you know, we've over the past i don't know 10 20 years probably even we've had supermarkets and grocers and um, you know fashion stores all touting this this notion of heritage and artisanal practice and being able to sell things that are unique and of the finest materials and then you think about Harris tweed and it's so specialized i wonder if that you know, idea of heritage and artisanal practice has rubbed off onto kind of the younger communities on the island. And maybe that's why they either want to carry on the practice or see the value in it, because it is a valuable asset to the island.
1: For sure. And I think on many occasions our younger people here are better at that selling it than perhaps myself and the and generations older than me. Um being Hebridean we're um naturally fairly quiet and, and modest and, and, and don't really like pushing ourselves forward. So we've probably kept some of these secrets a little bit hidden um, for, for no other reason than, than we're not boastful and, and just um, the way we are up here in the Outer Hebrides. And I think our younger generation are much better at capturing that, either in photography and social media and imagery at capturing all the things that are just part of our normal life, but actually um, telling that story out with our own islands and out with our own circle.
0: So tell us about some of those secrets.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think the fact that um, really our, our industry is is so unique. So we have this history going back um, several centuries, but most recently to about 1910, 1911, when the, the Harris Tweed industry was established with the rules and regulations that still uh, we still adhere to. And if we want to use that Harris Tweed brand, um, we must follow these rules. So the Harris Tweed Act, which was updated in the UK Parliament in 1993, sets down these rules. And that act is um, held for the people of the Outer Hebrides by the Harris Tweed Authority. So nobody owns Harris tweeds, nobody can say it's their brand, nobody can come along and buy it if they have enough money. It is actually part of the Outer Hebrides and effectively um, kept um, and looked after by the Harris tweed authority. They are a statutory body from that Act of Parliament. So that's really important, putting down those those layers in our industry. So that really um, covers everything from the, the wool fibre coming it does come into the island clean, scoured as we the term we would use in the industry. So the wool has been sheared off the sheep, all British sheep. We're using British wool and it has been cleaned. So that basic cleaning coming off the farmyard um, is done. And then the wool is, is transferred back to the island where we're going to start the process of turning um, wool into a fabric. And each stage of that process must be done on the island if we want to call our finished fabric, Harris Tweed, and that brand Harris Tweed is really so important in sustaining our community- based industry.
0: So you have so the wool comes back to the island, um it's all um, clean, ready to be spun, woven, um. How has the factory setting changed, but also, I understand that you know the, the weavers are still working from their homes on their own looms that they've been passed down again from generation to generation. Just explain a, a little bit about the process because I'm assuming that there's been some modernisation um, in yep. the factory setting but not in the home setting.
1: So Harris Tweed originally, everything would have been woven in the family's home. So we, um, up here, we run a crofting system And basically that's effectively the same as a small holding. So people have a crofting tenure of maybe three, four, five acres of land and people will keep sheep, um, sheep and cattle. And that system has been around for generations now. So previously in in my great-grandfather's time, effectively, that would have meant people were using their own wool to, um, they would dye it and spin it and weave it at home to to clothe themselves and keep themselves warm through what would have been very harsh winter times. Um, That has moved slightly. Um, Things like in the 1930s, the industry was permitted to use machine spun yarn. So that was a big move forward in terms of scaling up the industry. Um, We are still a very small micro industry, but in terms of of, um, slightly expanding our, our ability to produce a fabric that could be sold and actually um, has has been a, a mainstay of our island economy since then was really important. So the fibre comes into the mill um, and, and is then always fibre dyed. So we will dye to about 60 base colours and then carefully blend each of our yarn colours. We work with about 180 different yarn colours and each of them will have five, six, um, base colours within it, so creating that richness of yarn colour is really important. When we've created our yarn we will warp the fabric pattern for the home weaver and then deliver the warp and the weft yarn to the weaver along with a weaving instruction. So the home weavers again must be working from home, it's really important. Um, we're, we're not permitted to have power looms in our, in our mill, or um, work with larger scale weaving um, in any way. So it's all done in 50 metre batches being delivered to the home weaver throughout the island of Lewis and Harris. They're weaving from their sheds and then that fabric will come back into the mill for final finishing and that authentication by the Harris Tweed Authority. We can only call our fabric Harris Tweed once the, each metre of fabric has been inspected and authenticated by the Harris Tweed Authority.
0: I mean, that is, it sounds so labour intensive. <laughs> For
1: sure, e- each and every stage. Um, although we have got some, some slightly more industrial machinery in the mill that lets us produce yarn, that still requires a lot of people. We um, purchased a mill that had been around since around the 1940s, 1950s in the village of Shawbust. Harris Tweed Hebrides purchased um, those buildings in 2007 that business the mill had been derelict for a couple of years and we've purchased the site so the actual mill structure hasn't really changed very much since the 1930s and the the woolen spinning process that we use um, that and the, and the type of machinery we are using hasn't changed very much we've got lots of of um, if you like beautiful mechanical machinery, we've got lots and lots of that around our mill.
0: Well I find quite fascinating is that you've got the technology and you've got this kind of traditional operation operational system in place. I just what excites you about this? Because it's I mean it's so diverse.
1: Yep, I mean I think for us, um, you know, it, it has been part of, of our lives for so long now. But I think it is exciting. Every day something new happens somebody new is interested in our fabric somebody new wants to learn more about our fabric or our existing customers are, are putting in new requests and we've also got the 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 island elements the things that go on around our island communication with the weavers which is often done in the in the gallic language the gallic language is native to this part of the world and many of my colleagues will speak to each other in gallic and, and communicate So communication with the home weavers is still fairly traditional on the telephone. We're doing a little bit of emailing and texting, but um, still very much traditional forms of communication and that community element where people are are coming together to produce this. So it's not just about the mill team. It's not just about the home weavers or the authority. The three parts are all working together to make this model work.
0: So I mean that again, you know it just brings up other other things we live in such a complex world, you know we're inundated with infam- constantly inundated with information, whatever that might be, whether it's through the news or through social media through newspapers online things seem in a way much simpler, you know you're talking about some email and but you talk about talking on the telephone, you know now in our working Remember day those... lives <laughs> yeah, what inspires you
1: well, I think um. Everybody at the mill team, you know, and, and myself and, and my colleagues who, who are in, in the senior part of that team, you know, I think we're very aware that we are involved in a community industry. So, you know, if we're not actively moving forward with with our business and actively out there selling our, our fabric and trying to promote our fabric, we know the impact that will have not only on our families, but our wider community So we're very aware of that um responsibility and that working together as an industry we can't just be focused on our own business um goals we we have to take into account a wider industry which i don't think in normal day-to-day business even other textile businesses that that really happens but um i think that's really exciting because when you do um start to to work with these people and you see the benefits that the the industry as a whole brings to our island you know people in work people interested in oh where are you going or what have you seen or or who's buying our fabric and what's it going to be um made into is is really exciting for people and and i think people on our island do feel they all own part of the harris tweed industry
0: and that's 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 quite an amazing thought um, I mean, that's a luxury in itself. How do you kind of communicate luxury? How do you get that message about this specialness of Harris Tweed out to, you know, to the world?
1: Well, that that's not easy, particularly in the current climate where trade shows have, have, have gone and that interaction of person to person and, and feel, touch, handle, look and, and depth of colour are much, much harder to relay when when you're not face-to-face and and you're not with the fabric as such. Um, But I think we've been trying to use our our social media tools, trying to use even our our traditional marketing tools in terms of um, not just relaying our history, but relaying what's actually happening in our business at the moment. So the fact we are using British wool, the fact our materials are coming from such a small, Um, island of of the UK effectively but such a small um, area to source our raw materials for making our fabric and then trying to discuss you know the elements that go into making each part um, whether in the mill and and the yarn being spun on the island or the home weaving and everyone is, is so excited about that home weaving part it is still hand woven each and every meter is still hand woven and those home weavers are carefully tying in 1400 threads every time they stop and start a 50 meter project so there's so much time and effort goes into each 50 meter batch that that trying to relay that is not easy because people are busy and you don't get a lot of time with buyers but i think we are very lucky in that we have a lot of repeat business and we're incredibly lucky that we have a lot of brand awareness so our orb Badge is is and our orb certification mark is so important in telling people and that instant recognition of of what Harris tweet us about.
0: So just thinking about again this intensity of labour. I mean, it reminds me of the Takumi in Japan. You know, they also specialise so much in perfecting a skill, which is not dissimilar to what your weavers are doing.
1: Absolutely. Yep, and bringing up the the Japanese. Um, synergy there is really important for us japan has has been a, a mainstay of of our business for for many years now and the consumers in that market have a a huge understanding for for many british textiles but absolutely for harris tweed and they will actively look out that harris tweed orb symbol and and recognize the craft and the skills that have gone into making the fabric. So, yeah, the, the Japanese uh, mark is it's just so important and, and a great supporter of Harris Tweed.
0: I wonder if um, we don't get the same appreciation worldwide because we're inundated with um, advertising that promotes an aspirational lifestyle rather than the value in the product lifestyle.
1: I think there's truth in that for sure. I think um, people have started to to start maybe deconstructing the garments they're buying. So it's not all about that front label and, and the front brand and, and the, the beautiful luxury brands that we work alongside as well are really important in in, in this world of, of luxury. And, and that's what people look for. But I think people have started to look behind that. Well, where has my leather bag come from? Where has the leather come from? Same with garments. Where does the fabric come from? Where does the fibre come from? All of these things to a, a certain level of, of informed consumer are becoming more and more important. And I think we will see that trickling down.
0: Mm, that's really interesting because I suppose with Harris Tweed, it's quite unusual in that you have the same kind of principle of of producing a cloth that can have diverse applications. You know, it could be clothing or it could be home, you know, homeware or home interior textile
1: absolutely and that's an area we've worked um hard at at pushing out recently we have a a fabric that when we started in 2007 had really been a a men's uh, wear and possibly an older men's wear sporting jacket fabric and that was kind of the main market we supplied so that had led to a, a lot of seasonality and and for mill workers and home weavers that um insecurity of employment, which in a small community is really difficult because there aren't lots of options to, to make your living and, and have an income. So our industry had been in a kind of process of um, mill staff working for half the year, weavers working for half the year, being paid off and coming back in again. At Tweed Hebrides, we've worked so hard to try and ensure that there's constant year-round work for everybody involved in the industry. And the interior sector and, and furniture has been so important in that. Um, Harris Tweed Furniture has become a, a, a really popular product. And it's a beautiful product to sit on and, and relax on. Um, and working with our, our friends in Tetrad and Preston, where they, they make the furniture, has, has been really key to maintaining steady employment across the year for, for everybody involved. So, yeah, having diverse use is so important and the structure, the fabric will still be had as tweed, but the structure behind that fabric, we will slightly change in terms of how it's woven and the density um, in the fabric are really important so that it's suitable for the end purpose.
0: So I was thinking about creativity because, you know, if you have these different applications, I mean, I granted the weavers are not maybe making the garment, but I was wondering what creative input, you know, the, the community has in deciding on colours on, you know, texture on, you know, weight.
1: Yep. Well, um, we we will be looking at our, our wider community very much in terms of, of, of landscape and seascape. So living out in the Hebrides. Um, Colour inspiration is um, fairly easy in terms of the different colours around us. Beautiful beaches and and beautiful depths of blue in the sea are quite normal for us to see every day. So our colour inspiration um, largely comes from our landscapes and our seascapes in the Hebrides. We we will as a company take a decision on that and and present the the best fabric we can and and colour Um, is so important than that color and design are so important in that Uh, and um, we are working in terms of moving our designs on every year so that we're reflecting I wouldn't say we're we're driven by fashion colors in terms of always following a trend I think we want to ensure we're keeping our colors fresh and our patterns fresh Um, so heritage is really important in that but also moving heritage on and looking at modern slants to, to Harris Tweed design, very, very important. Yeah,
0: you, you mentioned the landscape. There's the photographer, is it Ian Lawson?
1: Yes, yes, it's a very famous book.
0: Who's produced those amazing um, uh, photographic, um journals i guess i mean i know it's, it's a it's an extensive book but you i talk of a journaling as a as a journey of harris tweed and the islands and they're phenomenal in their depiction of the islands and the workers and the animals Yep. um those are inspirational in themselves aren't they
1: those images are amazing and and um Ian worked with with ourselves at Harris Tweed Hebrides and very much the wider community. And I think, as you say, what he did capture was that community life. So it's not about one person. It's not about one business. It's about our, our island community and going back to crofting. He's captured that, the beautiful sheep dogs he has, the collie dogs he has in his images and, and the, the sheep, the movement of sheep naturally throughout the year whether whether it's sheep shearing or whether you're moving sheep for grazing or lambing season um, i think ian did a, a super job of capturing our island and capturing the people in their day-to-day lives um who, who live and work on the island as well and he's really brought that to life
0: yeah you know we keep talk, we keep referring to this idea of community. Do the islanders feel this sense of community in the same way that I'm kind of thinking they might, which is you know everybody's working together, they value I- each other's work and they're all driven by this by this same um, cause and driving ambition?
1: Well, I think we're all aware' it's, it's uh, part of our, our economic stability. So I guess like um, other people in London or whatever are going to their work and and want their families to be happy and and their own lives to have have those kind of things we're all used to as as a population. Um, I think for us up here, that's so much about just Harris Tweed, the business of Harris Tweed is is so much part of our day to day that... um, Perhaps we don't think about it in such structured terms, but I think um, everyone is very aware, they each play their part. So no one person um, can lead, no one person is in complete control. It's about this working together, which is, is quite unusual
0: it's a partial need isn't yeah. it to make sure that you continue continuing this legacy yep. of of something that is very special which is a you know which is cloth
1: i think we see it in some areas like perhaps the borders of scotland where cashmere knitwear is still um, embedded in their day-to-day lives so much but unfortunately for scotland and most of the uk where textiles would have been a big part of of cities and um, smaller communities it's just not the case and we did nearly lose that from this part of the world as well but i think um collective belief in in the product we have we have and the brand that we have actually saved our industry and i think because that was in such um that happened so recently we are still all very aware how fragile it is so although it has this provenance and a 100 years of history and, and further back than that. For all of us working now in the industry, we all remember when things weren't um, so strong and, and weren't as bright for us, and we want to keep a hold of that and keep um, preserving that community aspect that we have.
0: Mm. I was wondering whether then you think that luxury is exemplified through this tangible object?
1: Well, the the Product is um, first and foremost the the thing that will keep our industry going. If we're not producing um, good fabric, um, our our brand name alone won't be enough. So I think product and that tangible element, particularly when we can't go and visit customers and and discuss our fabric face-to-face and we're relying on digital images, now it's good, but it's difficult to replace that tactile element of our Of our industry. So product is very important. And getting that right is is absolutely key, right in colour, right in quality, right in design, absolutely the the fundamentals, supported by such a strong brand. And and our brand has has a huge profile considering how small our industry is, had a tweed orb and that symbol um, have amazing profile. But if that's not supported by the the team behind the scenes and the community behind the scenes with good design and good product, the whole thing doesn't work. So luxury, lots of these elements have to come together.
0: So I mean, just thinking about um, what you were saying about this fabric, and you know, you, you need to feel it. So I was just wondering, you know, and see it because as. Thinking about you know the roles of technology and how that's impacted on firstly getting the story out, but also on being able to show you know these amazing cloths and colors to a customer where they can't actually touch the the, the cloth, nor can they see the true color because this you know everybody's screen is different. Yes. So I was wondering yeah. what kind of how that's impacted on on kind of on you and the work that you're doing in disseminating this story of Harris Tweed?
1: Well, photographing Harris Tweed, although Ian Lawson certainly um, set the standard very high in how fabric um, from our islands should be photographed, photographing fabric for um, artistic purposes is quite different to um, a, a trade outlook where our buyers are looking for exactly what that fabric looks like. And because we fibre dye all of the wool at the very first stages, um, getting that richness of colour in a photograph is really, really hard. And as you say, that translating that into onto an email, onto three different screens, all changes. Um, but I think the good photography is something we work hard at, combined with um, our social media chale- uh, channels and the messaging around. What is special about Harris Tweed? What what is unique about it? What why would I want to buy Harris Tweed as opposed to another woolen fabric um from, from another part of the UK or from um, Europe? Um, why why is it different? So I think we have to use a, a kind of um mix of different methods at the moment, particularly why the, the while the pandemic is ongoing and, and travel and contact are so restricted. We've been using different digitization and different methods just to to relay these messages
0: because i was also just thinking again about technology and i mean the uniqueness of the situation you're in regardless of the situation the whole world is in is that you could you know so easily just take your phone now and walk out the house and you know show your customers this amazing landscape um in which you you know what that surrounds you and you you know you could i mean i don't know i'm just making this up but, you know you could in effect walk from house to house showing these amazing weavers yep. doing their fabric because um you know it's not like they tens of thousands of miles away this is all so local um which creates i suppose there's this mystique around how this um the fabric is um produced but that technology could have such an amazing impact on how you tell your story now.
1: For sure. And I think that's what we are learning through this pandemic. Our, our world came to a halt in so many ways. Um, and it's how we adapt and change. And certainly, when you look back at the history of Harris Tweed, it's had to, had to adapt to many, many, many different changes whether that was, you know, so many of our men were lost during the the wars in the early part of the 20th century and how did the industry adapt then when people came back from war, when the industry changed with um, commercially spun yarn still having to be produced on the islands. Again, the industry adapted. And I think this pandemic has just brought around another change where we can't get out to the markets in the way we used to um, and using all of these tools that are now at our disposal. And as you say, we have the building blocks. We don't need to pretend our, our weavers are weaving from home. They actually have to, if we want to call the Fabric Harris Tweed. And in lots of the villages um, we have, a, in the village of Shawbust, where our mill is based, we easily have um, 10 weavers roundabout within a one mile radius, um, working from their homes in their sheds, that we, as you say, get our phones out, pop round, Um, capturing the buyer's attention to have that conversation um, is perhaps the most difficult part once we get their attention the rest is is there and the building blocks of luxury and and the special and unique fabric that we have are are easier to put together. Mm.
0: And I was just thinking then about the environment and environmental concerns you know we're all um, concerned about the impact of what we do on the environment we're concerned about sustainability issues I'm wondering uh, you know I just kind of thinking about how you address those issues
1: for sure it's such an important part and, and the pandemic has, has brought that to the fore even more so we're involved with Walpole and we're involved in a sustainably gr- sustainability group there who are all looking um, with other luxury brands at sharing their knowledge and sharing that information as how we how we all become more sustainable as an industry, how the fashion industry is dealing with that, because it's such an important issue. I think initially, um, as a company, it was quite a scary prospect. We are a small company with limited resources and a very remote um, and traditional manufacturing base as well. So all of these messages about you must be sustainable where quite um, onerous. But I think we've broken that down now and we've um, come to terms with the fact that actually we have a very strong sustainability message. We, um, We need to be telling people about it. The fact we are using materials that are round about us, we're using natural wool that's grown in the UK by the UK farmers and crofters and we are producing a fabric where um, some elements still require um, a bit of energy, obviously when you're dyeing the wool and finishing the cloth. However, things like transporting the cloth to the home weavers, the weaving element actually power is not permitted. So they have to hand weave and they weave with their feet on a a bicycle action for the Griffiths loom or a threadle action, a pedaling action for the Hattersley loom. They're actually using their own power to, to weave every single meter of fabric so great sustainability story there for sure
0: i mean that's you know an amazing story aside from them having really strong legs i mean yeah <laughs> you know not using power anymore to produce something um is an is an amazing thing and i i mean a story that I, i've i think i've told you before is that um you know i was um talking to maria Graschvogel, uh, the designer about fabrics and about working in the in the 80s um, or 90s rather, uh, you know, in textiles and going to Paris and going to Herel, which was a big supplier of couture fabrics um, and going into their courtyard and seeing this um, lady who was weaving gapure on this loom that was 90 centimetres wide um, and she was doing it all by hand mm-hmm. and she could, you know, do minimal, you know, numbers of metres at a time um, on a 90 with a uh, ninety-centimeter width loom, and it just reminds me of this—you know—the this similar
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, process that you're talking about, which is really all done by hand.
1: Absolutely, the weavers—they—they they get their warps prepared at the mill, and they get their bag of weft thread, but then they're left to it themselves. So they literally have to be weavers, loom technicians. They own their own looms, and they've got to fully understand each and every process. So between stop stopping and one project stopping and one project starting, they will have to reset their looms and literally tie in with hand knotting, 1,400 or 1,600 if it's for upholstery weight, different um, threads, different ends being tied together from one project to the other before they start even weaving a meter. But each and every meter is hand woven and um, no power looms permitted, no power permitted, and that's something that stayed with the industry since way back. This home weaving element and the hand weaving element, and I think any—that's um, one thing we will certainly be keeping very precious. Many of the aspects of our industry we will be keeping very precious, and we have that responsibility. But that uniqueness of hand woven and woven at the weaver's home still very, very important.
0: Mm. I was th- also thinking then about you know this fabric having this. And you know, having this patina, you know, if fabric can have a patina because that is something. You know, the more you use it, the more you, I don't know, wear a garment or use the upholstery. Um, it it does change with its lifespan. I know I've got um, quite a few Harris Tweed jackets, and you know, the older ones are very different to the newer ones. You know, they have changed um, over time. And then I think to myself, well, you know, you don't need to actually buy another one. But the world around us, we are... (laughs) careful. Well, you know, you enjoy what you've got because they last. That's that's the point.
1: We can only produce a a fixed amount of Harris Tweed. You know, we have mill capacity, we have weaver capacity. All of these things mean you can only ever produce a fixed amount. And I think what you're saying about our products is, is true. We are very well known for our jackets lasting a long, long time. Thankfully, people do come back and, and buy again. But hopefully, as you say, a, a beautifully worn and cared for garment is really, really um, something special. And I think people more so recently have been treasuring that. And there, there is a, a, you know, people looking back and, and recalling what their jackets and garments that their parents or their grandparents have worn, taking those garments back to life think our product life cycle is is more important than ever um to to harris the harris tweed industry and that's something that we've been looking at recently as well
0: mm-hmm. i mean how do we change people's wasteful behavior i mean i asked that because i remember i interviewed olga baluti from you know the baluti leather company mm-hmm. um and she was saying to me that you know she said to me the greatest thing um about a pair of shoes is mending them yeah um and it's, you know, the best pair of shoes are those that can be mended and that you wouldn't, you know, in the old days, your wedding shoes wouldn't be a new pair of shoes. they would be an old pair of shoes because they're the most comfortable, they l- they've lived in, they've seen life. Um, and I was just wondering how you think we could change people's wasteful behavior to kind of, you know, to value the things they have and use them more rather than constantly replacing what they've um, got. I, th-
1: I think we've all gone through that change to some extent, particularly over the past year, as people have, have looked and, and haven't made the purchases that perhaps they would make on a normal year because we've had such um, you know, such a, a, an unusual time from many aspects. But on the positive side of, of the terrible pandemic that's ongoing has been people looking at what they're buying and what they need to buy and perhaps what they don't need to buy. So perhaps making a a purchase last a a little bit longer or setting it aside and and maybe not buying three or four jackets and only buying one jacket is what's important. And I think for people like ourselves involved in the luxury sector, it's about having that product that is the right product for people. They know they're buying a product with um, people having been involved in creating that product. It's not just machine manufactured all the time it's got something special and a story behind each garment and each piece of fabric is is really important
0: yeah i mean the the story is important and i mean that you know you you know telling this this story about Harris tweed is you know it just exemplifies this need to protect and to I suppose, honour the traditions of past because they are so important to us today um, to know that things are you know, still handmade, to know that p- there are people attached to the things that are being made because that narrative is the strongest, isn't it?
1: I think so. I think so. And when people um, come, when travelling comes back, but people used to come and, and visit our mill quite regularly. Um, customers from Japan, from the UK and Europe and the US would come and visit our mill and once they were on our island and were actually um part of, of our, our business and part of our mill and visiting a home weaver, that was such a special occasion for, for us and from them for them because they really were able to appreciate what happened behind the fabric, behind the ore brand, what goes on to create that fabric and and the amount of people involved in each and every stage so that artisan element is still there either in the mill or out at the home weavers who are carefully weaving each meter so it's such an important part of of our industry the people behind it and the skills behind it
0: so um margaret we've we've come to the end of our of our time and this has been this has been an, an amazing journey for me um and i hope for you too just to learn so much about you know, you and Harris Tweed and your community on the island. And on a parting note, I just wanted to ask you, what is your luxury?
1: (laughs) Well, um, I think for me, it is actually being part of our our industry, our our really special industry every day, apart from sorting out family life before I leave for work. You know, I get to drive to work in a absolutely amazing scenery and, and being part of the Harris Tweed industry is something really special. I think it's um, particularly the the role I have of of going out and promoting our fabric that is really something to treasure and something that I I take very seriously. So for me, being part of our special community industry is um, something I I don't ever take for granted and something that helps to drive me forward every day. And and I think that's very true of, of many of the people that work in our industry.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, Margaret McLeod, the sales director at Harris Tweed Hebrides.
1: Thank you, Sean. Thank you for that.
0: And thanks to our partners, Intellect Books. And thank you for listening. Join us next time on the In Pursuit of Luxury podcast.